Let's have a conversation about the gender wage gap. This is something that has existed for a long time and hasn't really budged in two decades. New report has come out and it illustrates that the gender wage gap not only still exists, but it's going to take a very, very, very long time for this to close. Shannon Peston is the co-founder of Peston Consulting, Inc., and also part of the Finance Cafe. And we had an opportunity to sit down with Shannon and go over some of the recent report data that has come out. Here is how Shannon sees Canada's place when compared to the rest of the world when it comes to the gender wage gap. Well, great question. And maybe I can just even go back just a second to talk about what the global gender uh, gap index even is. And what it is, is an annual benchmark that assesses the present status and the progress of gender equality around the world. So countries are ranked on gender gaps in four main areas, and that's economic opportunities, education, health, as well as political leadership. Uh, And this report helps us see, are we moving the needle on gender equality? And if not, what do we need to do? So this year's report, unlike years in past, continues to show that no country has yet reached full gender parity. So all of us have some work to do. So it's now we're now being told that it's going to take 131 years for us to close the global gender gap. So now we're looking to 2154. Uh, Bringing it a little closer to home, though, Mike, we're looking at North America, the current rate of progress. We're looking at about 95 years to close the gender gap in North America. But you're right. Canada falls 30th to the list this year, and our gap is at 77 percent closed. So you've given us some really interesting numbers there. And I think they're numbers that are hard to digest because you think, well, we can identify that there is a gender gap. So once you identify what it is that you would like to address, normally you're just able to address it. And you would think that this would not take us seriously 131 years or or in North America, just about 100 years. Any idea why it is that the projections have that far into the future? Why something that we have identified can still take that long to address? Well, yeah. And again, not all of these categories have the same rankings. So this is where it gets a little bit confusing. So I'm going to just back up and let's kind of just talk a little bit about what it all means so that we can put some of these numbers into more meaningful Uh, meaningful context. So when we say it's going to take 131 years, that's globally for us all to have gender parity in those four areas. Okay, so that's what's really important. So now let's talk a look about Canada. So we've ranked 30th on the list this year, but we lost five places. So we've gone down from last year. So we've closed 77% of that gap. And as I mentioned, none of the com- none of the countries have actually achieved gender parity. But when we take a look at the top nine spots, we have all of those countries that are in Europe who are actually meeting the 80 percent at least. So that kind of shows where the leadership is in all of this. But let's take a look at some of the bright spots, uh, if we can, here in Canada. So Canada, we are at gender parity when it comes to educational attainment. So that's a huge bright spot for us. As well, health and survival, that's another part where we have a higher gender parity score where we've closed that gap to almost 97 
percent. So when we say, how long is it going to take? How do we estimate these years? They're taking a look over time. I think it's 17 years at the average rate of change across all of these different dimensions. And then from there, they measure that rate of change, including the percentage change, and they're able to estimate how long it's going to take to close that gap to get us all to 100%. Want me to focus on where we need to uh, do some work? Oh yes, I'd like to. I'd like to certainly know where it is that we need to do some work. It's good that there are bright spots. So Shannon, thank you for bringing that up. The fact that we do have bright spots, and we're talking with Shannon Peston, who's a proud cremate woman entrepreneur, who was one of the first women in the country to lead a women's banking strategy, and one of seven women appointed to serve on Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Expert Panel. And Shannon is also someone who deals with things like this all the time because she's the CEO of Peston Consulting and co-founder of the Finance Cafe and is a senior advisor to the Diversity Institute, which leads women's entrepreneurship knowledge hub. So lots of credentials that allow you to, to go through this. So that's why we need to pick your brain here, Shannon. What is it that we can do to either improve Canada's score so that other countries are not passing by us or continue on that path to Let's face it, let, let's hopefully close some of these numbers, close the gender gap in more ways in under a century. I, I still can't get over that. Well, and sadly, that number actually has grown. We it, we estimated it to be less years than it is now, so also not a bright spot. But let's take a look at what some of these key levers are that are going to help us address the broader gender gaps. And so where we see work needed right now is in women's economic participation and leadership as in both business and government. Those are the two areas that Canada is lagging. So we're 36 spot right now, closing at 74% of the gender gap when it comes to economic participation uh, and opportunity. And the Diversity Institute actually led some really interesting Canadian uh, data around women in leadership, and they looked across eight different Canadian cities. And the report found that while women make up half of our population, they're only representing about 41% of people on boards. That number, though, when you account for intersectionality, which is a huge piece of Canadian culture, when we take a look at non-white women, the difference is even larger. So we're seeing that racialized women are only representing about 23% of the population, but only 10% of people on boards. So again, some work to do there um, as well. And this is important because I wanted to say too, Mike, that we know some of the stats that we have from the government is that when we help women achieve equal opportunities in the workplace, we stand to benefit by about $150 billion to our overall GDP. And that's by 2026. So that's also, it's not just the social nice thing to do to close these gaps, there's an economic benefit to it as well. Now, let's take a look quickly at the political empowerment uh, and where we're doing in the gender gap there. Here we're at 33, 33rd spot, representing about 37.4% of a gender gap that is closed. So a lot of work to do to see more women getting into politics, which also isn't very easy when we take a look at the harassment and discrimination or the lack of friendly, uh, family-friendly workplaces. And often women will have more difficult times financing their campaigns. And I can think about looking over to Alberta in their most recent election. You know, a 25-member cabinet includes just five women and three racialized Albertans. So there's certainly work to do. Those are not our bright spots, but these are really great opportunities for us to say, 
okay, how do we close these gaps together? We're talking with Shannon Peston from Peston Consulting about the gender wage gap.